1: of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine. coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.
2: Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your, Your Angry, Angry Neighborhood, Neighborhood feminist. feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Indeed it is. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> So this week, we are going to be talking
3: about something that was actually my suggestion because this is a really wild week for me. I mean, just everything is is out of control right now in my life, in part because I am in the middle of planning a wedding. Yeah. And so I suggested, why don't we have this conversation around like feminism and marriage and weddings and... It's because, you know, that's kind of like what's going on in my life right now. But for that reason, I'm kind of like, I should not have chosen to talk about this because
2: (laughs) I am... Now you're like criticizing your choices for your wedding and stuff. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, that,
3: sure. But like, also, I'm just... I'm so sick of thinking about weddings Oh, right now. I'm so tired of it. Like, literally every question anybody texts me about or talks to me about is wedding adjacent. And like, I... And I mean this with love. I I've been engaged for three years. I've yeah. been with my partner for eight years. I don't care. Yeah, like I, I you're just like don't I care. just want
2: to be fucking married. I just want
3: <laughs> I just want to like be on the other side of this so that we can all just kind of I know move on and focus on other things. I know. Like, I
2: was literally just talking about this with a coworker at work where I was just like, this woman has been engaged for so fucking long. Can she just get married already? I've just had enough. (laughs) Like,
3: I really, truly have. Um, But we are going to be talking a little bit, before we get started on talking about our own personal feelings around um, kind of reconciling, I suppose, our feminism with the idea of marriage and the tradition of weddings, right? Uh, Western American
2: weddings. I yeah. should be specific on that. And mostly heterosexual as well. <laughs> uh,
3: yes. I mean, sure. But before we get into talking about that, because I do want it to be a conversation uh, between us, let's talk a little bit about some of like the bigger criticisms surrounding marriage. And I I read this really great Cambridge University research paper that was written by Claire Chambers. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I suggest everyone read it if you're interested in this topic. It's, It's very well written. Um, but kind of at the beginning, she says, Feminists have long criticized the institution of marriage. Historically, it has been a fundamental site of women's oppression, with married women having few independent rights in law. Currently, it is associated with the gendered division of labor, with women taking on the lion's share of domestic and caring work and being paid less than men for work outside the home. Symbolically, the white wedding asserts that women's ultimate dream and purpose is to marry and remains replete with sexist imagery. The father giving away the bride, the white dress symbolizing the bride's virginity and emphasizing the importance of her appearance, the vows to obey the husband, the minister telling the husband, you may now kiss the bride rather than the bride, herself giving permission or indeed initiating or at least equally participating in the act of kissing, the reception at which traditionally all the speeches are given by men, the wife surrendering her own name and taking her husband's. So- yep. I think these are a lot of things that kind of jump to mind for people immediately. Right. um, When kind of talking about feminism in relation to traditional marriage.
2: Right. Well, because when we do talk about, you know, the history of marriage and getting married, its primary purpose at its conception was to bind women to men and through marriage, a woman would become a man's property and it would also ensure legitimate offspring. Like there would be an issue of like whether or not, um, you know, the, the father was actually the father of the baby and things like that. So marriage was a way to ensure that you knew who the parents were of the children that was born. And then also as a way for women to become less of a financial burden on their fathers Mm -hmm. and a financial burden on another man. Mm -hmm. So once a girl got old enough, you know, back in, you know, hundreds of years ago, they were quite young, but once they got old enough, it was like, I can't afford you anymore, so I'm gonna ship you off to this other man that's now going to care for you for the rest of your life, and you must obey this man like you obeyed your father. Right. Yeah. I mean, and
3: it was kind of used as a way to keep women in their place, right? right. Because they didn't
2: need to own land.
3: Yeah, they didn't their and they didn't husbands need, own land.
2: They didn't need to go to school. They didn't need to earn money. Mm-hmm. And then with that, it's also keeping them kind of locked in a marriage as well mm-hmm. because if you aren't given things like health insurance or your own money, where are you gonna go? Right. You and, know? and
3: oftentimes
2: it was also
3: conceding your power, right? So if we want to take it all the way up to Queen Elizabeth I, right. there's a reason why she never wanted to get married. And it would it would be because without without that marriage, you are powerful. The yeah. moment you get married, you are conceding your power to your husband, right? right. Because even the most powerful woman in all of England would have lost that power to her husband, would still need to be submissive to her husband.
2: That just makes me think of watching The Crown with Queen Elizabeth II and Prince Philip and how he had such a hard time, you Mm -hmm. know, not having the name Mountbatten be the family name and all of these things where Queen Elizabeth II really kind of had to put her foot down and be like, no, I am the matriarch. I make the choices. And that is very much a non-traditional way of Mm -hmm. marriage and families, especially during that time, and especially in a society that was so about, you know, the rules and things like that, typically, a man would always be Right. The head of the but household. Even
3: when watching The Crown, right? And yes, we know before you come at us in our mentions that The Crown is not a documentary. We're no. very aware <laughs> that it is a dramatized version. But what you do see also in The Crown, while there is that and you you see Prince Philip struggling with <laughs> Queen Elizabeth kind of being the, the head of the right. household... In their personal relationship, she's still kind of not like she still yeah. does need to, in many instances, make sacrifices or um, be submissive to her husband. And also whenever she finds out that he's cheating and unhappy and their marriage is unhappy, she cannot divorce him. Right. Like right. There are still rules in place for true. marriage.
2: Yeah. So while she, you know, was the ruler of the country, in a sense, you know, there was there was still, you know, arguments about, you know, who was in charge in the marriage. And most right. The and with the children. Would, right. It, like he yeah. is seen having made a lot of um, decisions
3: about how their children were raised. Right. And, yeah. and things like that. So I, it, it wasn't necessarily an equal partnership, even though she's the Queen of England. You for know? real.
2: I thought it really interesting. I mean, I shouldn't say I found it really interesting because it was so obvious once I read it. But love... Really didn't come into the picture of marriage until like the Middle Ages. It was like strictly a business transaction. Oh yeah, between a father and a future husband. And even then, I feel like it
3: was fairly rare, especially depending on your social status.
2: Like if you were aristocratic in any way, it was you're still. Well, then you had to marry someone that was like just of equal status as you, right? You didn't really have that much of a choice, and it was kind of expected that like. You'd fall in love after spending enough time together, which I guess that's just kind of like Stockholm syndrome at that point. It's like yeah. if you're stuck with someone long enough, you're going to care for him, yeah, I guess. I mean, and maybe like
3: and maybe that's not because wrong, maybe. You also see a lot of people, you know, why is the divorce rate so high? You know, you also see a lot of people grow apart or quote right. unquote fall out of love or whatever. What happens if you weren't in love in the first place? Yeah, like, it's. It's kind of a, that's a whole other kind of, uh, conversation. If you're not in love in the first place. Just, I mean, all of that whole like arranged marriages and things like that. And I do want to say before we kind of give all of our opinions that we are not here to shame anyone for their choices, right? No, not at all. I have very strong opinions about what I want for myself, um, you do not need to share those opinions necessarily. Right. And I'm not
2: shaming you for having a different opinion than me. Totally not. Especially with these very conversational episodes. I think we're both going to be coming from our own perspectives of what we want our weddings to look like and what we want our marriages to look like. And that is both of our own individual choices. It's not going to be the choices of every single person that's listening to this episode.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So if we kind of get into talking about our own personal feelings about it, I will say this. I did not think that I was going to struggle with the concept of marriage as much as I am struggling with it. How so? Um, Because I grew up, when you grow up kind of seeing... Seeing marriage and and weddings and stuff, especially like if you grew up reading a lot of like nineteenth century literature and stuff like that, or watching yeah. a lot of Disney movies or whatever, it was the goal. Like every movie, every rom com ends in a wedding. Every every you know, Disney Genos movie book ends in a wedding, right? Yeah, like, that is that is kind of the goal. And so, also, I was raised very religiously, and like that was just. Expected It was always, it was never an idea that I wouldn't get married. Like that wasn't I even. I completely
2: agree with you. Yeah, that was never, it was never a question in my mind. I mean, I think that there's that stereotype of like every young girl dreams of her wedding. Since right, she's and I did. a little girl. And I was totally one yeah. of those people as well. All my cousins got married because I'm like the youngest, like way younger than all my cousins. Mm-hmm. And they all got married when I was like between the ages of like two and 10. I went to so many weddings. They were so much fun. And I was like, I can't wait to do this and have it be my party right. and you know mm-hmm. yeah but
3: I'm struggling a lot with feelings of losing my independence you know and I, I it's not my partner doing that you know it's not about necessarily like our relationship it's just about w- the way people speak to you
2: and look at you it it's it's society's pressure and right. society's idea of what a marriage is. I think that puts more pressure on a relationship than, like you said, than a partner would. Right? You know? Yeah, because like I'm not changing my last name, for instance. Like, right.
3: And this was a very difficult decision for me to make, and I became very resentful of the fact that that emotional labor was put on me in the right. first place. Like yes. I got. I got very resentful of the fact that this was even a decision I had to make. Right. Um, whenever men don't have to make that decision necessarily. And when they, when they choose not to take their wife's last name or combine last names or do whatever, people understand very quickly why they wouldn't. Like, well, of right. course, of course they wouldn't. Why, why would they want to give up their family name? And it's like they can't see why a woman might not want to give up the name that she's had forever. 100%. Yeah. Uh, So you face a lot of having to justify your decisions to people about those things or them, them thinking certain things about you because you don't want to do that. Um, Well, and
2: that's going to be something that's going to continue to happen until more and more couples, make different decisions together as to what to do with their last names. Because I know that there are a lot of people who are like combining last names to make a new last sure. name or the husband takes the wife's name. Yeah. But it's very rare. It's not common enough for for the conversation to change. Like there's still going to be that pressure that you were feeling until differences continue and become more and more normalized. Well,
3: yeah. And the truth of it is just in certain in certain communities and certain families, it's always going to be a thing. You know, well, and that's
2: the thing when we're talking about more liberal families, that's when we're going to have more opportunity for differences with with all of these things that we're going to talk about. But I think because there is such a strong Christian conservative presence in our country, there is still going to be a lot of people that are holding on to the traditional family values, the traditional family, all of these things, and everything that comes into weddings and marriage still falls under that kind of umbrella topic of the conservative groups, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting.
3: I'm readying myself for comments that I'm sure I'm going to get because I was very, very careful when planning my wedding. I I wrote out the entire wedding ceremony, basically from top to bottom of what I wanted to be said and what I didn't want to be said. And I took out all religion.
2: You don't want to talk about how you're going to obey Anthony for the rest of your life? There
3: is no talk of obeying in my in any part of my wedding ceremony. I made sure that everything was focused very much on um being equal partners. Yeah, it's a union. Yeah, I made sure that even though my dad is walking me down the aisle because I knew it would be special to him to do right. that, I uh, I made sure that he is not giving me away. Both, yep. both sets of parents are being asked to um, love and nurture this new person who's being brought
2: into their family
3: yep. rather than I
2: I didn't want to be given
3: away, right? you
2: know? And that let's talk about that for a second because that's something that I've always felt very strongly about, particularly because I'm not close to my dad. So I was like, well, I'm just not going to have anyone give me away. I'm just going to walk down Mm -hmm. the aisle by myself. And that's something that I always felt very, very strongly about. And I felt very good in that decision. And then my mom's brother very sweetly messaged me out of the blue, ones like shortly after we'd had like a phone conversation and was like, "Just so you know, I want to put the offer out there. I would, you know, be very honored if you ever wanted me to walk you down the aisle one day." And and, and yeah. that just yeah. like warmed my heart that somebody would want to do that. And so while I don't want to be given away, like you said, the fact that there is a man in my life mm-hmm. that loves me enough that he wants to stand there with me and be part of my special day, like that makes me choke up because I don't have men in my life that have done that for me and shown up. So that's where it kind of complicates things because I don't want it to have the appearance of me being given away. And I felt very strongly about not being quote given away and walking down the aisle by myself. But I also love my uncle and I love the fact that he loves me enough in order to want to be that part that role in my life you right, know exactly
3: like for me this is more for my dad than it is for me totally. I would happily have walked myself down the aisle yeah or even had my mom walk with me that you was know? another thing I'd thought um, of in the past yeah but I could see how important that moment was to him yeah and so for me it was far more about doing something to honor him for our wedding and, Definitely. and make him feel included um but absolutely under no circumstances was I going to be handed off from one man into an, to another man. Like, yes. I, I was not going to do and that. And that's about
2: the conversations that you have before the wedding and optically what you want that to look like. And, you know, having both your father and your future husband understand that, like, look, ain't nobody giving me away. <laughs> like, yeah. that's not what this mm-hmm. is. This is just about doing something nice for my dad. And I think especially with the generation that we're in right now, when we still have a lot of like the baby boomer mentality of keeping those traditions alive, I think that that's where we still feel a lot of that pressure as well, because your dad has probably been waiting for this moment since you were born since he met you you know what right. I mean so because he's like oh my gosh I have this one daughter mm-hmm. this is gonna be my one opportunity so I understand that feeling of like no I want to be able to give this to him and have this be something that we have together right and just framing it but in you a definitely sense. need
3: before you if you are planning a wedding if you're wanting to get married um, you need to be very strong in your convictions of what you want and you don't want because you are going to get pressure from people to do it a certain way. Yeah. And um, I'm sure I'm going to hear about it, about like not having, we're not praying. We're not in my family. Something that's done in weddings is laying of hands where like people come and they put their hands on you. Yeah. They pray over you. We're not doing any of that. Yep. Uh we're not doing you may now kiss the bride. We're not doing that. I was very specific around the wording. Yeah. Of, of you that. can now
2: kiss each other. You know, there's yeah. plenty of other ways you can say it. Yeah. You know? I'm not doing a garter
3: toss. I'm not doing a bouquet toss. Yeah. Let's because,
2: let's talk about the bouquet toss and the garter okay. toss for a little bit. That was the first thing that
3: I was like absolutely fucking not. I was yeah. Like,
2: no. I no. couldn't agree more because there is something so gr- you know, we talk about like Competition with women. Yes. And I feel like weddings are such a prime example of. Everyone should feel jealous of the bride. Everybody wants to be in the bride's positions. The bridesmaids are all jealous because they're bridesmaids and not the brides. And there's this whole competitive nature. And then at some point during the party, the bride's gonna throw this bouquet, and whoever gets the bouquet is gonna be the next to get married. And all the women have to like And that's what you should want. Fight each other and right. scramble to grab this, you know, bouquet of flowers, right. which then represents that you're gonna be the next. next lucky girl, which
3: like this, is so. I, I just,
2: and again, no shade at all. Like, that was when I was a kid, that was my favorite part. I was just gonna say that. Yeah. I would get like full baseball player diving into home I when it came it. to that bouquet. I'm pretty sure I caught the bouquet most of the time, and I definitely was not the next to get married. So, so. <laughs> I just
3: wanna say if that is something that you plan on doing for your wedding, once again, we're not trying to shame it, we're just no. trying to speak about like, there are aspects of it that make me feel uneasy and why well, because, does it make me feel uneasy? Right, you because know?
2: traditionally there are things about it that I think would make most people listening to this show uneasy. Yes. You know what I mean? Because they are kind of unfeminist things. We're not saying just like with our problematic faves that like you can't watch this show or you can't do this thing. It's about understanding, you know, the right. historical and the societal I mean, there are many, there are many feminists. One we
3: spoke about last week, the Shulamith Firestone, who would argue that marriage in itself is anti-feminist. So again, where you draw that line is, is totally up to you. Yeah. Um, But the garter toss, let's talk about the garter toss. Okay. (sighs) So if you are not from the United States and you are listening and you're like, what is that? This is going to sound gross and
2: weird to you. And in my opinion, it is weird. I... Sorry, go ahead. How many weddings have you been to where a man has removed the garter with his teeth? Um, Well, I can't see what's going on under there,
3: but that's definitely the implication of what's supposed to be happening. Yes,
2: Yeah, I don't think I've ever been to a wedding where the man's head is not entirely Uh underneath the woman's skirt in front of her entire grandma, grandpa, everybody. And the woman always looks incredibly uncomfortable and she's laughing the whole time with her hands over her eyes because she can't act like she's embarrassed about it I would be thoroughly embarrassed if somebody was going up my skirt can I just say
3: it is the weirdest tradition it's so weird and gross it's so weird and it always takes place in like Reli- like in like Christian
2: weddings. I know. And I'm like, what? my whole family is fucking Catholic. What and I would see doing? this Catholic ass man stick his head up this girl's skirt in front of my aunt who used to be a nun. You yeah, know what I mean? It's, it's and, like, And everybody's like, Woo-hoo!
3: yay, this is great. It's so strange. I it's know. so strange. So, so okay the bride sits on a chair in the middle of the room right in like
2: the middle of the dance floor floor.
3: (laughs) everybody comes around everybody's watching then the groom goes up under her skirt Yep. um and then either with his teeth or his hands will pull we don't know we don't know because we can't see uh will pull the garter off of her upper thigh
2: and then? and
3: then he will toss it to the eligible young men uh, in the crowd, the single young men and whoever catches it. I don't even know if it's supposed to be like they're the next to get married or whatever, but it, I don't know if it's the same. Like I one always to one. assumed
2: it was because it is around the same time as the flower toss. Yep. But I think I don't think that it has the same like... To me, it's just history weird, I'm behind like, you it. You just took something from like up near like you, Sorry that for this is, imagery, but
3: like up near your wife's like probably pretty sweaty cooch because she's been like whatever in the sun. Like song. that
2: thing is hot and probably a little bit moist and as probably, well. And probably smells. And you're slingshotting it to one of your bros. Yes.
3: Ew. It's weird.
2: It's really weird. We had a thing at our high school with proms where the girl would give her date. Her garter, and the guy would give his date the tie. And that was kind of like a cute little thing that was done. But I don't recall letting my high school boyfriend crawl up my skirt. I was just like, after prom's done, I'm like, here's my garter. Can I have your tie? And then you'd like put it in your rear view mindo- window. So Monday at school, everybody could see that you had your like tie or your garter it's on there. It's very interesting. It's a, it's a very strange concept. I find garters in today's sense a very strange concept as well. Because it's not holding anything up. Like that's the point of the garter is to like... Hold your stockings up yeah, where, where did now this tradition come
3: from of wearing this useless garter.
2: On, I mean, I, that's, at weddings. that's all it was, but I guess it's just like become a continual thing that you just still wear. I'm not going to fucking wear one. Why on earth? And like, I have fucking chicken legs too. So if I'm going to wear one, it's got to be tight as hell. I am not going to have some, cutting off your circulation, like rubber band tight thing, hugging my leg all day long. No, enough about that day is already uncomfortable, right? Like no. I'm already probably going to be in a, I'm not going to be able to, if I get married in white, I'm not going to be able to wear it until like 10 minutes before I get married because I spill with wearing white every yeah. single time. I'm going to be uncomfortable enough that day.
3: Oh. oh, and let's talk about, we didn't even discuss this part, um, before the engagement there yes. is also the tradition and I oh. made sure that Anthony knew not to do this, uh, of asking the father, or I think in the 21st century, it's more likely the parents. Yeah. Uh, permission. Right. To marry their daughter. Yes. And I was like, listen, my parents aren't marrying you. Yeah. I am. They're not deciding. So they don't get to decide. And I know... I have a lot of friends who really wanted that, and again, no shade at all. Like that, it's just that they just thought, you know, this. They are very close to their fathers, right? Um, and they thought it was like
2: a sweet kind of thing to yeah, do. Yeah, and I've met some of my guy friends have really wanted to discuss it with their partners' families before doing it as well to kind of ease their minds of like, okay, I have the okay from the parents. They're excited now. I know going into this, you but know, what do
3: you do? I mean. The thing is, like, what do
2: you do if they say no? Because I've I had that happen to yeah. a friend of mine. Isn't there a whole Bruno Mars song about that happening? Was oh, it Bruno I don't know. Mars or what was that song? Oh no, I'm gonna marry her anyway. Oh yeah, marry that girl. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but then what
3: was the point of asking? Like, there, it's, yeah, it's such no, a weird it doesn't make thing. any sense. It's such a weird thing, and it can lead to, in this case, and I, I don't necessarily think that they should have gotten married anyway, but it led to them breaking up actually because. Her parents said, not without these conditions, basically. Wow. And then he got upset with that. She was stuck in the middle between her parents and this
2: man. But see, that's, but maybe that needed to happen because it sounds like it wouldn't have been a very happy marriage if that's going to be the way that the families communicate with one another. To me, it's like if you're having a discussion, like, hey, I'm letting the parents know I'm having a conversation with them about the fact that I want to marry their child instead of framing it as a way of like let me ask your permission because if the parents are going to respond that way imagine how they're going to respond in all of these other instances so like maybe it actually kind of saved no uh, in them. this in this case <laughs> in this case i think
3: that they probably shouldn't have gotten married anyway but that's kind of you're opening yourself up to If you two are happy and you two have had the discussion together, because that's also something I feel like in a lot of rom-coms and stuff growing up, a lot of romantic books and things, it sprung on the woman and it's kind of, I had no idea this was coming. But in reality, and maybe it's because I had been with my fiance for so many years by the time we'd gotten engaged, this is something that you should have see coming talked yeah talked about right like, right like it's something that you should have talked about so you should kind of have an understanding of where your partner is on that and in that respect i don't i don't really think you need to run it by the parents no you know what i mean
2: because it's like you two
3: should have had a conversation about where you were at
2: and you're also opening up your relationship to allowing more people to have opinions, opinions. about your relationship mm-hmm. too, like you're opening that door for the future for the parents then to get involved which they shouldn't be
3: you know right so i mean again you do you boo but i'm just saying for me i was like this is a, t- I i was like this is a decision that i want to make for myself yeah uh and i don't want i don't want it to come across as though i need anyone's permission right to do what i want yeah
2: do. Period. Yeah, period. Period. Isn't it period T? Isn't that what the kids Ye- these days oh, say? Oh, no, Madigan. Yes. It I is. don't know what that but means. the way you said that. Period T? period with a T? It's just period. Oh, they say it T? It's not period T? No, it is. Okay, yeah, it is. Is it period T? I, 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 I. <laughs> Please teach me things. I, oh, God, I feel so old. Are you ready to shop?
0: Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it.
2: Let's talk about, because I mentioned it earlier and it's been sticking in my head a little bit, let's talk about white wedding dresses. Okay. Because I find this fascinating because historically you wouldn't wear white for your wedding like way, 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 way back when Mm -hmm. because white was one super impractical like it is for me in my life Mm -hmm. and it was very expensive as well. So it wasn't until Queen Victoria decided to wear a white wedding dress that it kind of became more popular in you know western cultures to wear a white wedding dress and then it kind of grew this idea that a woman wore white for her wedding because it represented her purity Purity. and her virginity Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. all of this kind of stuff which i find interesting because that wasn't that wasn't a thing before it was kind of something that was created just out of a queen wearing a white dress and then suddenly we put these like religious Right, which, meaning which behind kind of it. makes sense whenever you think about who
3: queen victoria was and what the right. victorian era was like and it was very much like buttoned up chaste, kind of morally upright christian values right but um, it was
2: but i mean from what i read for her it was more so about it being like a status symbol yes and having a lot of money and less about it being about purity well that's a lot even to Today,
3: I feel like there's a lot about wedding planning that is about status. Yeah. You know, so that makes sense to me that that's what it was about for her (laughs) being able to flex that muscle and say, this is something that I can afford. Yeah. Uh, But it morphing into this thing that's like, you can only wear white as a bride if you're a virgin and if you if you're on your second wedding it's not appropriate for you to wear white anymore or right. if you're not a virgin then you shouldn't wear white you should wear an off white or or blah 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 <laughs> is just absolutely ludicrous yeah uh, especially it's such an archaic kind of mindset to have in the 21st century where right. most couples now More often than not, they've already like cohabitated. Um, They've been together for a certain amount of time. It's not the
2: same kind of courtship as it was when marriage was at its new stages. And I mean, way back when, if a husband had sex with his new wife for the first time and she didn't bleed, he could violently attack her and even honor kill her yeah, I mean, and it would still and that true. would be accepted it's still true in uh in some countries in yeah some cultures but this was something that was kind of it happened everywhere at one point you know it was well, like very goods, important like the woman is is soiled in exactly some way. can a man sleep around before of course he can but if a woman doesn't ble- which also women don't always bleed their first time having sex no. so that person could have very well have been a virgin and was killed anyways you know and i a lot of the criticisms that i was reading online as well was the history of violence against women as well and how the institution of marriage really perpetuated a lot of violence toward women because marriages are seen as being so private Private. Mm -hmm. like privacy kind of keeps other people From intervening in the marriage, even if they see that a woman is being hurt in some way. It's like, well, well, it's It's a family matter. Yeah, it's a family matter. And it's, it's the husband's problem. What the husband decides to do with his wife is his right. Right. I mean, and you hear it all the time where they're like, oh, well, all couples have problems or all couples have
3: arguments and why that changes between when you're dating someone and when you're married to them. uh, I don't know. Uh, I know that a lot of religious institutions have been and very like conservative politicians have been very critical about how easy uh, a lot of states have now made it to get a divorce.
2: Well, that's what I was going to say. It's because you like marriage was not supposed to be Something that would end. It's something you're supposed to work toward. So instead of seeing abuse and violence as something that would be grounds to immediately run and to leave that person, it's just seen as like a problem that needs something to be that worked you need through. To work through. And typically, but- the problem you need to work through is the wife changing her behavior and say, Well, what did you do to get him mad, to make him beat you, to do all these things to you? And then we pull in marital rape, which wasn't illegal until I didn't write this down, but I believe like the late 80s and the 90s or something like that. Like, marital rape was legal for far too long. A very long, long time.
3: Yeah. A very long time in the United States. But then it, it's, yeah, it's interesting to me because it's like, well, you know, in this day and age, like, women just wouldn't get married. Yeah. If that was still the case, like, if all of that stuff was still the case, women would just choose not to get married rather than get married and never be able to leave a situation if it got bad.
2: Right. Well, and a lot of that, I think, is also, you know, there's a lot of religious expectations about not getting divorced. But I know there can also just be a lot of family pressure not to get yes. divorced and things like that. And what that would mean to a family or to a person's status and things like that, where, yeah, you're not expected about to just you. give up. Totally. Yeah, or what it
3: says about you. I mean, I, I really feel like. A lot of people, we've come so far, right, in so many ways and we've progressed so much. And I think that a lot of people, even within pretty progressive circles, still have that knee-jerk first reaction that there's something wrong with you or you failed In some way, if you've gotten divorced or you're getting divorced, like that, there there is some kind of moral failing. Well, and again, it
2: it looks worse on a woman historically too than it would look on a man who has been divorced. Even in this day and age, like women are looked at very differently who have had divorces than men are. Again, why couldn't you make the relationship work? It's always kind of on the onus of the woman in order to make it work, which really makes it really makes marriage not very
3: appealing when you think about it from that lens. Because right. it's like there is far less criticism and far less pressure about a relationship coming to an end like if you're dating somebody, yeah. right? Whereas like if you're married, then there is all of a sudden it's this huge, huge deal. Where Whereas like for me and Anthony, our relationship is... We've been together for eight years. Yeah. That's longer than a lot of people stay married. Yeah. Right. And like, a, and, but for some reason, there's this weird validity that people have whenever they've been married, right? There's some, there are people who could have met three years ago, gotten married a year into their relationship, and have been married for two years. And a lot of people in society would think of their relationship as somehow more valid than my relationship with Anthony where we've been together for over twice as long.
2: But that's why I think some people choose to get married because they do because they hold that validity within themselves as well like I think that for a lot of people a marriage is what validates that relationship as well and I think there are a lot of different reasons why people will decide to get married I think there are also a lot of like very desperate situations where you marry to get out of a bad home life or you get married in order to you know if you marry Someone who is wealthier to have more opportunities for yourself, for your future children, or you get all pregnant. Of these things, or you get pregnant. That was a yeah, big one when I was in high school. Totally. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's all these, there's tons of different reasons why people will get married, and I think that's also what changes. I th- I think that's what shapes a lot of people's opinions as well, because to you and I seeing a relationship of eight years versus a marriage of two years, you know, we can see that difference. But I think that so many people cling to immediately jump into marriage for so many different reasons that they would see it as they would agree with you, seeing it as less valid to not get married. Like your relationship is being less valid to not get married. Right. Well,
3: yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that, I don't think that time necessarily validates a relationship. I think that you can have, as meaningful, as real a relationship um, in a shorter period of time, well, yeah, I in mean, a longer period of time. Like, it's I, about I'm not, the
2: person. I mean, right. I was in a relationship for almost five years with somebody that, you know, I, I loved at the time and deeply cared about, but he, you know, turned out to not be the person that I want to end up with in my life. You know, but that, but right now, you know, Max and I are going to be celebrating our third anniversary mm-hmm. at the end of this month we're not, we haven't been together as long as I was with my ex, but I know I love Max much more, you know, like I have that knowing in me that he's the person that I want to end up with, you know, that's where time really doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. I mean, and this might be an odd
3: thing for someone who's about to get married to say, (laughs) but I do feel like the, the institution of marriage or the idea that marriage is, holds as much importance as we currently place on it. And certainly as we've placed on it in the past, I feel like that is going to become less and less, uh, as time moves forward. Yeah. I, I think about the reasons why I wanted to get married and, um, I, I stand by those reasons, but I also think when it really comes down to it, I, everyone says, Oh, it'll change. You'll feel differently after you're married. Your relationship will feel different, but to me, again, we've been together for eight years. We've lived together for seven years. Yeah. I I really don't feel like there's going to be much change. No, like, and,
2: and Max and I talked about this too, where it's like, you know, a big reason why marriage is appealing is because we can be on the same health insurance plan. We exactly. will get all of our money in exactly. one place. We can start building a life together instead of it kind of being separate. Like, it is a bit more logistical as well like yes yes, I love him and want to marry him but it's not exactly just for it doesn't feel as romantic to say that oh totally
3: but truly those are those are the things that are going to change about our relationship our relationship is not going to change what's going to change is that yeah now I can go to the
2: OBGYN for the first time in however many years because Because I'm on your health insurance insurance. you know what I mean like those are
3: the things that are going to change
2: well and that was actually so one of my friends who was supposed to get married during the pandemic and then canceled her wedding like immediately went and eloped and got married so that her now husband could be on her insurance plan right. when the covid-19 pandemic hit just and in a case lot of something yeah just yeah. in case something happened to one of them that they could both be on an insurance plan together so that was why they weren't going to just wait to be married until after the pandemic they're like we're going to at least get married now and then have you know another wedding later on where we will actually have a ceremony and things like that.
3: Right, yeah. I mean, and I also think that we have not had a very clear image necessarily of what marriage is really like, right? Like I had this very romanticized vision of marriage from the media that I'd consumed. right? But when I actually look at like the people in my life, I really didn't have a lot of good examples, right? Marriage was supposed to be this thing that was like very aspirational but we didn't really have an objective image of 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 what marriage was or what a good marriage looked like like my parents are still together but like eh, definitely I wouldn't necessarily paint them as like the picture of like a I want to model my marriage right after like I, I
2: want to have a marriage like that I mean mm-hmm. I completely agree I for the longest time like through high school and early adulthood was like I'm never going to get married But I will, you know, I'll find my partner and I'll be with them and I want to have kids. But I I did not believe in the idea of marriage because I saw how unhappy my mom was all the time. And I really didn't like the way that my dad treated me or my mom or my family. And I was like, this is what that's about. If the marriage word has anything to do with why we're being treated badly, I want no part of that. Well, and it just seemed... You know, I've I've definitely I'm not going to go into
3: all of that, but I've, I've definitely seen examples of marriage in my personal life where I'm like, why are you putting yourself through this? Like, yeah, you know that you don't
2: have to. And in fact, I think you would you would be happier alone. That's why I legit started mentioning to my mom when I was like a child that she should get divorced because it to me it was like. Why are you doing like he's never even around and when he's around, he makes our lives miserable. Like, why are we doing this? Why are we trying to continue this? Like, because that's just what you do. Well, and also know? my mom had this idea of keeping the family together. Right. And she always thought that she would be the glue and she would be enough and she could fix it and she could do all these things and because she wanted the family to be together and to be happy and we my mom and I both worked really really hard to try to make that happen until we finally realized that the other person wants has to want to be a part of the family you can't just hope that one day they're going to change their behaviors and treat you differently and i think that that was something that my mom really held on to was that hope that we would be this picturesque happy family that she always really wanted well, and sometimes even if both parties want it, it's just not right. Yeah. Right. Like, it's just not
3: right. Like, y- maybe you're just not right for each other. Right. And, like, that's OK. Like, ni- neither person has to be the villain in this story. Like, totally. It can just be a thing where it's just like, oh, all right. Well, well this season is over. You Yeah. Know? Um, and that that does happen, you know. But I, I say all this to say that. I, I didn't have a lot of really good examples. And so to me, what I pulled, again, the Jane Austen book ends with the wedding, right? The yeah. movies end with the wedding. Yeah, there's they no... kissing on, on a hill, right? At sunset. It doesn't really necessarily go into like, okay, well, how do we build a marriage now? Yeah, like, What does that actually look like?
2: Right. You know, and... And then movies about marriage are usually because every movie has to have a conflict. It's not going to be showing you a perfect example of what a marriage is going to look Unless like. Unless you're watching like Leave It to Beaver or something like that, which is also not. I was going to say, that's also not a very good example of what a healthy marriage would look like because. Well, but
3: she's happy, right? So it's is like, she? it's supposed to be this. I don't this, know, is she? <laughs> well, but th- she's playing that role yeah, of like yeah, a yeah. happy wife. Like this that, is what she th- wants to be doing. She's a wife and a mother and yep. like that's what, that's what a good marriage is supposed to look like. Yep. You know, and I feel like that was, that's a whole different thing that was thrown out there is just like yeah and you're gonna get married and you're gonna have kids and you're never gonna be upset
2: yeah about anything ever. you're gonna be happy to do all the cooking and the cleaning and the everything while your husband still has his independence to go out and work and do what he wants to do and you're flirt just with gonna... his
3: secretaries while he's drinking whiskey in the office oh, i've seen mad God. men i know i was just gonna goes. say are we on an episode of mad men what's going on there's also this idea and we see this a lot in um Minority families, or I'll say specifically Black families, uh-huh. uh, that there is this idea of keeping families together, and that your status as being part of a married family, yeah, right, being a, a wife or having a, a nuclear family that is quote unquote complete, yeah, makes you better society. Uh, yes,
2: and I, I think that that's also kind of ties into what my mom was thinking, you know, she had that pressure on herself to, you know, if you're, you're successful when you've kept your family together and that is a symbol of your success when you've had a lot of kids and, you know, things like that. So I can understand how that could be seen right. as like a and, status symbol. And there's
3: the stereotype of the absent black father, right? Like totally. Like there's, there's that stereotype within the black community as yeah. well where you might want to get married and have this kind of like <laughs> – Cosby show life right. because if you don't then you're seen as um less than yeah like, and you're seen of to be of a lower class particularly when you're in certain communities right and know? I can
2: also see that with a lot of women of color who have children out of wedlock yeah and things like that as well how they're treated versus how a white woman would be treated right yeah
3: I mean and I'll say this as well like as somebody who watched all of Real Housewives of Atlanta uh, and Potomac, and the, the two black shows of The Housewives. I've never seen a single episode of The Housewives, oh, so educate Oh, man, listen, me. it is terrible. Uh, deliciously <laughs> terrible. But there is something that happens on that show that will come up over and over and over and over is these women insulting each other for not having a man. Well, that's why you can't keep a man. That's yeah. why you don't have a man. And... That is something I can't speak for other cultures necessarily, but that is something that is very prevalent within the black community is like having a man, any man, being able to keep a man is, and I realize that's all very heteronormative, but you know what I'm saying, is of such value that it doesn't even matter what the relationship or the man looks like, really.
2: Well, and again, it's putting all of the onus on the woman, again, too, to make herself desirable enough. A man, there's
3: something wrong
2: with with you. you. Right, because... It's not the guy, it's mm -hmm. not the relationship as a whole, it's you that can't hold on to the man. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, you know,
3: I just feel like those those lead to some,
2: can lead to some messed up marriages. I've seen it on that show. (laughs) Definitely, definitely. And that's why I think it's so wonderful that we do have people in the world like Shulamith Firestone that is against marriage because I feel like there is this, like... We need to see the opposite of it in order, I feel like, for our future feminist selves to be able to find a place happily where each person can decide what they want to do, whether or not they want to get married or what their marriage and their wedding is going to look like or whether or not they choose not to get married and what that looks like. Because for women who choose not to get married, that's a whole other thing. It's They're going to yeah. hear it from their families. Why aren't you getting married? Absolutely. Why don't you want kids? All of this kind of stuff, like on the flip side of all of it. you know. Right. I think that what we're really coming at here is that you
3: need to kind of have a clear idea of what you want for yourself and then you can create that whether within a marriage or outside of a marriage. Definitely. If you're with the right person, um, your marriage can look however you want it to look. It right. doesn't have to look like your parents' marriage. It doesn't have to look like the societal idea of what marriage looks like. Yeah. Um, it can look however you want it to look. And if you're hearing all of this and you're thinking this all sounds pointless. Why would I get married? I don't need to get married. You don't.
2: You don't. You don't. If if it's your decision not to get married, I'm just saying, I know that there's a lot of people out there who are going to have a hell of a lot to say to that person who says, no, I'm going to be with my partner, but we're
3: never going to get married. Yeah. Hang on to your convictions. Like, that's all I can say about any of this. Because as soon as you, you, no matter what decision you make to get married, not to get married, uh, to have a wedding, to elope, whatever decision you make, people are going to talk. Like yeah. people are gonna have an opinion about about that. It's only gonna get worse if you then decide to maybe have children.
2: <laughs> people yeah. are gonna
3: have an opinion about the choices that you make. And so you just need to be ready to say, Well, you know, this is my this is my decision. Like yeah. I I am ready to defend to my family members and Anthony's family members why I'm not changing my last name. Like right. I, you just have to know that, like, if you're, if you feel comfortable with it, then that's all that matters and take that with you throughout your life and into your marriage and like know that like you should trust yourself and trust your intuition. Yeah. Um, you know.
2: Yeah, I know we've had some messages from people in the past who have asked our opinion on taking your partner's last name, and we did already discuss this a little yeah. bit, but the major thing that I always hear is, is it unfeminist of me to do X, Y, Z? And I think the best answer to give for that is if you consider yourself to be a feminist and you have made your own choice, then that is the feminist choice. Right. Whether, you know, in in whether or not that is to get married or to not get married, I think it's, you know, hard on a lot of people that see themselves as being very strong feminists. You know, for me, I would like to take Max's last name. And I've talked about this before on the show. I don't want to keep my last name because I don't want to have ties to my dad anymore. So mm-hmm. that's my, you know, reasoning behind that. But then that little voice in the back of my head is like, but you're this feminist bitch so you should hold on to your name to show that you are. Like there's almost this like proving myself kind of thing that pops up in my head where it's like, I need to prove how feminist I am with some of these things. And I know that that can be an issue for a lot of feminists who are getting married.
3: Yeah, and this is, again, this is what pisses me off so much is that we're even in this position in the first place. Like the fact that something that... Men, again, speaking in a very heteronormative sense, don't have to give two thoughts about typically. Yeah. Is something that women spend, whether you want to change your last name or you don't, women spend weeks, months, years agonizing over, like making that decision. You know, and it is
2: a very like hot topic feminist discussion as well. It's something I've talked with a lot of my girlfriends about because it is something that they have to think so much about whether or not, you know, am I making this choice for myself? Am I making this choice for others? If I make this choice, am I less of a feminist? If I don't make this choice, am I less of a feminist? I think that there's a lot of like rules and boundaries that we put on ourselves for being feminists Mm -hmm. that I think it's really easy to be critical of yourself wanting a flower toss or wanting a big wedding Mm -hmm. and wanting some of these traditional things. But just like anything that we discuss, I think it's important to know its history and its context, but to not feel negatively about yourself for being genuinely excited about certain aspects of weddings and marriage that are seen as being more traditional.
3: Yeah, I would absolutely agree. And whatever decisions you're making, just make sure that you're making them for yourself. Don't uh-huh. let anybody bully you into changing your last name or not changing your last name. Yeah. Uh, because you will regret it later. Yeah. If it's not... And that's kind of what I had to come to was I can always change my name down the line if I want to. Totally. But right now, I'm not ready to let it go. Yeah. And if I if I did it because I felt like that's what was expected of me, then I would regret it. Yeah. Right now, like maybe I would be happy about it years down the line, but right. like right now, and i and again, wouldn't you feel can always make that choice. And I'm and I would mourn my, my last name, and I'm not ready to do that. Yeah, so I, I think all I can say is like just stick to be true to who you are, yeah, and and stick to your intuition.
2: Yeah, and I would definitely say as well, like, have all of these conversations. With your partner as well. This isn't something that you have to go through alone. Part of a marriage and a couple is about discussing these issues with your partner and having them support you in all of your decisions. And for me, if I have my partner's support, that gives me the strength to defend myself in other situations as well. And I mean, just and with wedding, with wedding planning as well, I whenever I've never planned a wedding. But whenever I talk to friends who are planning, and they talk about their moms and mother in laws and everybody having opinions about what their actual wedding day should look like as well, you can stay true to yourself with that as well because yeah. I know uh, yeah. for me I'm like I don't want to invite my dad's side of the family but I know they're gonna get really fucking pissed I, I didn't invite there were
3: family members that I did not
2: invite uh, there, yeah. were, there were
3: uncles that I did not invite because and, and I did stress about it I did think like oh, well I should I yeah. mean, I'm inviting their brothers so I should invite them they're gonna hear that they weren't invited whatever Yeah, but At the end of the day, I was like, no, like this is a day that's meant to be joyous for me
2: yeah, to celebrate. So the people that you want there should be there. Precisely. Yeah, exactly. But I think that's also a really big one is that other people always have opinions about what the wedding should look like and who should be there and things like that. Like I get shit from my family all the time about not having a relationship with my dad. And I just know that when I'm planning my wedding that... I'm. I'm probably going to get an earful about well, not wanting you know my what? dad at the wedding. I've gotten very lucky that I, I haven't had a lot of outside opinions on yeah.
3: on my wedding, um, but especially, especially if you're paying for it. Oh yeah, yourself, which I am. Uh, yeah. No, sorry. You don't get an opinion. You don't get an opinion. Yeah, on exactly. This. And if you want to pay
2: for it, maybe I'll let you have a few opinions. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll, I'll throw a, f- a few invites your way. But yeah. like,
3: outside of that, like absolutely not. And even then your family, if they're if they want to help you finance your wedding, this is another thing. They should do it because they want to, um, and not because and they, they want
2: control. Right?
3: Exactly, because they want to help bring your vision to life, not because yeah they want control over who gets to come or or any or what it looks like or anything else. Like, right. So don't so don't let yourself be pushed around either. No. Because also, let me tell you, as someone planning a semi big wedding, you don't need it. I'm, you don't need I was it. I'm just gonna say it right now. Uh, if I knew how stressed out I was going to be at this moment in my life, I would have eloped at the beginning of the pandemic. And called it a day, I
2: really would have. So oh God. speaking of paying for weddings, you know how traditionally women's, the woman's mm-hmm. family was supposed to pay for the wedding. Yes, I was reading um, an article and somebody was like, which was essentially just a dowry yeah. because the, the wife's family was like paying to have their mm-hmm. daughter like, Sent off to live with somebody else. And I was like, wow, I never even thought about that. That that's why it's the woman's family that's supposed to do it. Yeah. (gasps) Crazy. I know. I know. That was a new thing I learned. I knew pretty much everything else, but I was like, what? And
3: that is a wild tradition that has stuck around because the wedding's I cannot, I know everybody knows this and we should have a separate episode on the wedding industrial comp- uh, complex and how it um, Oh yeah,
2: preys on women mostly. Yeah. You can uh, buy a white dress for 50 bucks, but you stick the word wedding on there and add another thousand dollars to it. Everyone you know?
3: knows that weddings are expensive, but let me just reiterate for you in case you're like me and you were like, how bad could it be? Weddings are astronomically expensive. Like they are so expensive so the finance the the fact that to this day to the 21st century that tradition of the bride's family paying for the wedding and having it
2: be on the onus of one family yes has (sighs) kind of
3: persisted when it's just like you could have five sons and you're like you know like maybe I'll have to pay for a few rehearsal dinners but that's it yeah but if you had five daughters it's like oh good luck buddy
2: like (laughs) oh my gosh no one's going to college well I guess if you had five daughters back in the day you wouldn't expect them to go to college anyways so I suppose. Oh,
3: boy. Well, this was a very interesting conversation for me to have because I realize that <laughs> I am getting married. Right. You know, and that is a decision that I've made. But I also do understand the benefits, you know, especially having done the prep for this episode and read kind of a lot of feminist thought surrounding marriage. Um, I understand the value of people who don't find it necessary. Yeah. uh, And I don't want to participate in the institution and the ways in which the institution has been harmful. Yeah. uh, To women, especially. So, again, just like you were saying, it's just an important thing to be aware of the full history. And I would encourage people who grew up kind of the same way we grew up with this, like, marriage ideal kind of pushed on us to really think about it. Yeah. Really think about what you
2: want. Really think about how it could benefit you. Yeah. Um, why is it that you want to get married? Mm-hmm. Why is it that you wouldn't want to get married? I think ask. it's all about your self-exploration in that. It's asking yourself questions about why you're making the choices yeah. you're making. And that's when you're going to make the best life decisions for yourself. Instead yeah. of getting married for the sake of getting married or because it's expected of you or something that you really want but don't know why you really want it, that's when you can end up in bad relationships and really... A marriage at the end of the day should be about two human beings who truly love each other and want to make a commitment to one another. And whether that be with an actual marriage ceremony and having it be official and a piece of paper telling you that you're married or whether that just be a commitment, a commitment between two people that you've made to each other. Yeah. It's all about choices. You guys, that's there. There's the takeaway from this episode. It is all truly about choices. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, are we all done? Do we have anything else to add? I think that's all that I have. Wonderful. Well, we are always looking for wonderful new ideas for episodes, and you all always give us the goods. So if you can think of anything else that you would like us to discuss in the future, please go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at angryneighborhoodfeminist.com. We have a Facebook business page and group page. You can go to the business page and rate and review us there and then hop over to the group page and chat with the other listeners. We would also greatly appreciate it if you would please, please, please leave us a positive five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That is the best way for you to support us and it means the absolute world to us as well. All right, that's all we have for you today. With all of that being said, we encourage you to, to rage on. Bye.
1: Attention, fans of fairy tales that are magical, hilarious, and grim. The award-winning Pinna Original Podcast, Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest, has new episodes out now. While you've probably heard of the brothers Grimm, you've never heard these tales told in quite this way. I'm Adam Gidwitz, best-selling and Newbery Honor author of Books for Children. And in Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest, I share the real Weird, grim fairy tales with real, weird, hilarious kids. In each episode, you not only get to hear a story, but you also get to enjoy this group guessing what'll happen next, cracking jokes, and sharing their own perspectives on the tales. Also, heckling me. They love to heckle me. The episodes are rated on a scale from grim to grimmer to grimmest, so there's always a great variety of tales to explore with your family. You can listen to Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest now, wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow the show so you don't miss new episodes.